from last week. Thank you. Yes, on, on the prophetic, being a prophetic people. And um, I don't know whether you've ever been in a sermon where whoever's sharing the sermon gives you all the bullet points at the front end, but that's what I'm going to do this morning as well. So let me pray, and then we're going to come around the word. Father God, thank you that we can meet together in this place. Thank you, Lord, that we can be your people. Thank you, Lord, that we can come as we are. Lord, we don't have to leave some stuff at home. Lord, we can come as we are. Flawed, broken, imperfect, but joyful, happy people, because you love us, Lord. And so, Father, we come on this summer day to meet with you. Lord, we come around your word today, and I pray that you speak to each one of us, whether we're listening later, whether we're here in the room today on this Sunday, whether we're listening somewhere else in the world. Lord, thank you for technology. Thank you that we can reach others around the world, even from this place of Egham. And so, Lord, be glorified as we come around your word. Speak clearly, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my three points are in my title. So it's pretty simple. Have an attitude of gratitude. Have a vision to see value. And have a heart full of praise. If you remember nothing else, remember that phrase. Have an attitude of gratitude. Have a vision to see value. And have a heart full of praise. And what on earth has that got to do with the prophetic? Do you know, the prophetic is what God sees in us. He wants to encourage, exhort and exalt us through the prophetic. And so actually part of this is very much that theme. You are valuable. I'll say that again. Nobody said amen. You are valuable. You can agree with me about yourself. You can agree with me about yourself. So there's a, there's a kind of a phrase that I guess is, I don't think you'll find it in the Bible anywhere, having an attitude of gratitude, but it, it kind of sticks in your head, doesn't it? And so what, what would that translate into biblical language? I guess that would be something like, be thankful, choose to be thankful. And right at the end, I've got a challenge this morning, and I've actually written on the slide, control, alt, delete. Does anybody know what those three, three things do? Restart, yeah. And I, I sense that what God wants to say to us this morning is now a time for reset. If your computer ever stops working, then your IT department will probably say press control alt delete and restart. Reset. Reset the parameters. And my, my challenge to us this morning is I sense God wants to reset our parameters. And those reset parameters might be things about whether we choose to be have gratitude or choose not to. When you've got a 50-50 choice, you can go either way. But you know it's only 1% and you're going either way. You don't have to be 100 or nothing. 51 and 49 means you have a preference. And what I want to encourage each one of us, including me, is to have a preference towards an attitude of gratitude. An attitude to God. Thank you, God. An attitude to other people. Thank you. When was the last time you'd said thank you to a stranger? I don't mean to someone who's done something you know at work. It's very easy to be thankful for people who are around us all the time. Or maybe it isn't. Maybe actually we take them for granted too. Think about your household. Think about your family. Think about your mums and dads. You know, who cooked your meal yesterday? Did you say thank you to them? Whether it was good, bad or indifferent, did you say thank you? Did you say thank you? When someone holds a door open for you, do you say thank you? I'm actually a believer that actually thankfulness breeds thankfulness. 
I think if we're thankful, then it has a ripple effect into the community, into our teams, into our families. And if we're more thankful, then our homes and our workplaces will be more thankful. And wouldn't that be a better place to be? If there was one more smile a day in your workplace, one more thank you going on somewhere. And if you kept investing one more extra one every day, what would it be like in a week or two or 10 weeks time? Having an attitude of gratitude. The default setting. So it's so easy to just ignore, to, to not say anything, to be silent. Do you know silence speaks? Silence says something. If I'm in a negative pity party moment and I hear silence, I, I assume a negative pity party moment thing. Think about it. When, when, you, when, when you ask a room a question and you get silence, you assume the state of your answer. If you're, if you're feeling bad about yourself, do I look good today? And there's a silence. You immediately think, no, I don't look good today. On the other hand, if you're feeling good, you're looking good and you can guess, I'm t I guess God's imparted something to me in what I'm sharing this morning. You can even tell it from my body language. You can even tell it from the way I'm sharing. There's something about having an attitude of gratitude. God puts deposits in people. And so actually, if we invest, then we will see payback. We will see benefit. We will see blessing. Not just for us, but for those around us too. Do you know what? Here's a really interesting thing. People like being around thankful people. People like being around happy people. People like being around people who smile. So actually, I believe that this morning, if we just choose to nudge ourselves one, two, five percent away from the 50 percent, or maybe you need to go from 40 to 55, I don't know. But nudge yourself across to that threshold where our default setting is going to be, I'm going to choose to say thank you. Then that's a good thing. Psalm 100 verse 1 says this, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all the, all the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. Make a joyful noise. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Now choose to make a noise. Choose to make a noise. There you go. It's not that hard, is it? It proves you're alive as well. And that's pretty good. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23. For you were brought at a price. You were bought at a price. Not to become slaves of men. Bought at a price. You know, that means you and I are valuable. You and I are valuable. Now, I don't know how you measure value. I mean, in this world today, we measure typically value around money. You know, everything is valued in money. Time is often valued in money. How much, are, how much do you pay someone per hour? How much time have you wasted? And it all ends up being worked out into pounds. I once remember a, a friend of mine, uh, David Oliver, who'd taken his children, he's got four children, and he'd taken them to um, Disneyland when they were younger. And they'd spent quite a bit of money on going, and they got on all the rides and they enjoyed all the rides. And at one particular point, one of the boys um, needed to go to the toilet. So they went to the toilet, and one of the girls went as well, and... Uh, so they're, they're posh toilets in Disneyland, apparently. 
And there was this particular area where there was this massive great big cuckoo clock hanging on the wall in the waiting area to go into the toilets with comfortable seats. And uh, David went into the gents with his son and daughter went into the ladies and he came out, they were sitting outside and his daughter hadn't come out so they were sitting there and the cuckoo clock started to chime quarter past the hour. And it was a big cuckoo clock and it did a lot of things. Things came out and cuckoos cuckooed and you know, things moved around and the sun was all kind of quite interested. Anyway, got on a bit further and the daughter still hadn't come out. So dad stuck his head through the door and said, you all right, love? She said, yes, dad, and explained why she was taking a little longer. And he said, well, we're just sitting outside when you're finished. And they kind of sat outside and they got to half past and the clock chimed again and it chimed something different. There were different cuckoos and different things came out. And then the daughter came out and said, shall we go now? And the son said, no, Dad, it, it chimed one thing at quarter past. It chimed a different thing at half past. Can we stay till quarter two and see whether it's different again? And so they sat there and they chatted and then it got to quarter two. And quarter two was different to quarter past. And so you can imagine what they both said. They said, can we stay till it's on the hour? We'll see what it does on, on the hour. And on the hour, it did all its things. It did all its bits. Now, why do I share all of that? Why do I share that little story? When they came back from Disneyland and they were just talking about, I think they were talking with the grandparents about the best bits. And mum and dad were thinking the best bits were going to be this particular ride or that particular ride or the enormous piles of ice cream that they ate or something like that. And David said he was so surprised when the highlight of the weekend for the son and the daughter who'd been to the toilet this time was sitting watching the cuckoo clock with dad. Now, how much, how much is that worth? Not something I think you can measure in money. But it was a special moment. You know, and I believe God wants to create special moments in our lives. Special moments, not just on a Sunday, not just in church, but with his people coming together. And then when his people who are full of faith come together with unbelievers, create special moments because we're valuable. And they're valuable. They're so valuable that he sent his son Jesus to die that he might have a relationship with each one of us. So have that attitude of gratitude. You and I are valuable. Now, I, I kind of want to, there's a bit of a trend, I believe, I don't watch too many of these, but there's a bit of a, a trend in ups, upscaling or up something, where you take something that was rubbish and turn it into something that was good. Upcycling, upcycling thank you very much. Upcycling. <laughs> Taking something that somebody's about to throw away and turning it into something that's good. So some broken chairs, and something else, and a cushion, and something else, and somebody turns it into a sofa. They take it away. And, you know, there's TV programs about these things. Um, that upcycling means that someone has to look at something which somebody else has thought was rubbish and turned it into, can see the potential in that. It's the same with an uncut diamond. A, gem, a craftsman who's going to cut a diamond will look at a diamond and say, there is value in here. I can cut this in a beautiful way and create something that's significantly of value. Now, an uncut diamond has some value, but a cut diamond that's been cut well is so much more valuable. And so it's seeing something that seems to have no value and then seeing the value released. Now, we are valuable. And then it's also the perception of our own value. Um, Julia would tell you this. Um, when we got married, um, we both agreed, or when we were getting ready to get married, we both agreed that we didn't like cut glass. And actually, we don't like silver plate either. And so actually, one of the worst presents anybody could ever give us was one of those silver plated trays with some cut glass um, 
drink glasses on it with a little decanter to go with it. Sometimes you get given those kind of things. So we were so we're so clear we didn't like these things that we put it on our notice saying, please, no cut glass, no silver plate. You know, and um, bless her, there was a lady called Gay who Julie used to visit in the home who bought us some cut glass um, glasses. But you know, the value wasn't in the fact that we didn't particularly like cut glass. The value was it was Gay gave us the presents. And so sometimes you can look at something and look at it from your point of view and think, this doesn't have a great deal of value. But because it's Gay's present to us, because she had to do a lot of effort to get hold of this present, you know, it, it's so valuable. We still have them. We still have them today because, because Gay gave them to us. That was a precious gift. So sometimes we can get value all out of proportion. We get it from our own small point of view. And something which seems valuable to us seems like rubbish to other people. Some things that are valuable to other people seem like rubbish to us. But do you know it's important to look not just at the gift, but to look at the giver? Not just to look at the gift, but to look at the giver. And then sometimes to look at the motivation of the giver. Because sometimes that's important too. When I was a student at university, I ended up doing a dissertation on rocks. Let me keep it that simple for you guys without getting into too much detail. And I ended up camping on the north coast of, uh, of Norfolk for three or four weeks doing some surveying. And I ended up um, some evenings going to a pub for a beer. And in this particular pub, um, there was a musician who sang every other night. And so he started singing and people joined in. And we got chatting after one particular night. And I said I was singing. I, I liked singing. I sang in various choirs. So the next night he sang... He said, oh, we've got a special guest who's going to come along and sing tonight. And he, and he introduced me. And, I was, and so we sang some songs together, and that was fun. But they went, went up to his flat afterwards, um, and he played, was playing this beautiful record. I can't remember what it was at the time. I can't remember it now, actually. Um, but he played this beautiful record. I said, this is an amazing record. You know, it came to the end of the evening, and as I went to go, he said, this is for you. And he was giving me the record that he'd been playing. And I just think, you know, relatively a bunch of strangers said, no, I can't. Do you know what? I was denying him the right to give me a gift. And in that moment, I just, he said, look, I, Dave, I want to give it to you. I said, well, I'm so appreciative. I said, but don't you like the music? He said, yes, but you like it more. And so not just the value of the things that are given, but the source that they come from. And then let's think about how valuable we are that God would send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die, that we might have a unique fellowship with God the Father. We are valuable. And what we see, what God shows us, is valuable too. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. This comes towards the end of the letter. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, oh, that's verse 8, sorry, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Sometimes we're anxious about the silliest little things, and God's looking at us, smiling, going, if you only knew, if you only knew. 
And, and one of the things I, I, I shared last week was I, I just need to be who I, I think God's calling me to be. And I've been, I've been really saying to God, God, I want to be prophetic at home. And I, he said to me, okay, Dave, I'm going to hold you to your word today. So I'm, I'm walking by faith this morning. Lizzie, I want to share something with you. I think there's something that I just, as, as I was preparing, I just felt God say, you have a unique gift to reach your generation. You have a unique gift to reach your generation in ways that you haven't yet conceived. But these things that are in you are not in conflict with your future. These are not in conflict with your future. They're very much in line with your future and the line that's, you know, the things that are to come. But I just sense that there's a there's a passion burning deeply within you to reach people of your generation that are special to you. That, that somehow uh, you, you, you have a way of talking to them that they don't understand, but they get it. You have a way of loving them. It's way beyond the words that you say. And so I just want to encourage you, because I, I, I sense that God is preparing you to reach your generation in a time and a season as this. You don't have to wait till six months, 12 months. It's all going to line up. All the teeth of the cogs are going to line up. And as they line up, you will just sense an acceleration of God's hand of blessing upon your life. And so I thank you that you are here to reach and you are here to touch the generation that you're in. Thank you, Lord. Be anxious about... Nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. How many people get, get concerned and worried about something sometimes? Yeah, most of us. Yeah, most of us sometimes. It happens. What do we do with that anxiety? Do we let it linger or do we move on? There's another default setting. Just like the pity party. Sometimes we like pity parties. We'll stay in the pity party because it feels, hmm, okay. Sometimes... We'll, we'll stay in anxiety because anxiety gets some adrenaline going and adrenaline keeps us alive. But, you know, sometimes I think God wants us to be peaceful in the midst of the storm. And when you hear about being in the eye of the storm, in the eye of the storm, it's very quiet. You'll often find when a storm passes by, you'll get lots of rain and lots of wind and then you'll get a quiet period and then you'll get a lots more rain and lots more wind. And that's the kind of thing, the centre of the, the low pressure. So let's understand that we are valuable. And let's understand that what gives us is valuable too. What God gives us is valuable too. Be thankful in all things. Be thankful at all times. In all circumstances, James encourages us to be thankful, to be, to, to be grateful at all times. Now I'm going to play a short video now. Some of you may have seen this video before. It's about a guy called Johnny. And Johnny is a bagger. Now, let me explain because there's a bit of an Americanism in here. A bagger is someone who puts stuff in the bags at, 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 on, 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 in the retail store. So you've got someone who's scanning stuff, beep, beep, beep. And then we don't find too many baggers around anymore. You do it yourself now, apparently. But, you know, there are still in some stores, you'll find somebody there who's putting stuff in the bag for you. Let's listen to that video now.
A few years ago, I was hired by a large supermarket chain to lead a customer service program to build customer loyalty. During my speech, I said, every one of you can make a difference and create memories for your customers that will motivate them to come back. How? Put your personal signature on the job. Think about something you can do for your customer to make them feel special, a memory that will make them come back. About a month after I had spoken, I received a call from a 19-year-old bagger named Johnny. He proudly informed me he was a Down syndrome individual and told me his story. I liked what you talked about, he said, but at first I didn't think I could do anything special for our customers. After all, I'm just a bagger. Then I had an idea, Johnny said. Every night after work, I come home and find a thought for the day. If I can't find a saying I like, he added, I just think one up. When Johnny had a good thought for the day, his dad helped him set it up on the computer and print multiple copies. Johnny cut out each quote and signed his name on the back. Then he'd bring them to work the next day. When I finished bagging someone's groceries, I put my thought for the day in their bag and say, thanks for shopping with us. It touched me to think that this young man, with a job most people would say is not important, had made it important by creating precious memories for all his customers. A month later, the store manager called me. You won't believe what happened. When I was making my rounds today, I found Johnny's checkout line was three times longer than anyone else's. It went all the way down the frozen food aisle. So I quickly announced, we need more cashiers, get more lanes open as I tried to get people to change lanes. But no one would move. They said, No, it's okay. We want to be in Johnny's lane. We want his thought for the day. The store manager continued. It was a joy to watch Johnny delight the customers. I got a lump in my throat when one woman said, I used to shop at the store once a week, but now I come in every time I go by because I want to get Johnny's thought for the day. A few months later, the manager called me again. Johnny has transformed our store. Now when the floral department has a broken flower or unused corsage, they find an elderly woman or a little girl and pin it on them. Everyone's having a lot of fun creating memories. Our customers are talking about us. They're coming back and bringing their friends. A wonderful spirit of service spread throughout the entire store. And all because Johnny chose to make a difference. Johnny's idea wasn't nearly as innovative as it was loving. It came from his heart. It was real. That's what touched his customers, his peers, and those who read this story. Great service comes from the heart. Will you be a Johnny today? Just a loving idea, but that truly made a difference. Let me ask you a question. What idea is God dropping in your heart to truly make a difference where you are? To truly make a difference to others around about you? To truly make a difference in their lives and see what God will do through you? So be thankful. Have an attitude of gratitude. We have value. And I've already talked a bit about value and uh, diamonds and, and, and ups, upcycling and those kind of things. 
And I've shared this story before now, but it still humbles me, so it's a good place to be. But I remember being in Uganda a number of years ago now, and uh, I was in a bush church, and a gentleman came up to me at the end of the service and had a thread, uh, threadbare uh, blanket that he wanted to give to me. And my response was, thanks, it's all right, you need it more than I do. To be honest, I'm a hot person at night anyway. I, I rarely use blankets as it is, and certainly not in Uganda. But the pastor of the church came up to me and he said to me, Dave, you just robbed that man's opportunity to give to you. And if God had told him to give it to you, he now feels he's being disobedient. And so I went back to the guy and I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. Can I, can, I, can I receive that gift? And he gave me this blanket. I was thinking, what am I going to do with this blanket? Do you know what? God had a plan. God had a purpose. A few days later, I put it in my bag. A few days later, I was somewhere else. It was quite clear. I felt God say to me, okay, this, this is the guy you're going to give the blanket to. Somebody in the church who was in need and I gave him this blanket. I said, you know, I was given this earlier on in the week. I'd like to give it to you. And the guy was so grateful. Now, just think about that. If I'd have just stuck with the no in the first place, the guy would not have had the benefit of being able to give to me, to, to be blessed to be obedient. I would not have been blessed to have received the blanket in the first place. But also, I wouldn't have had the blanket to give in the next place. So actually, I really became the cork in the bottle. I really became the person who was going to stop blessing happening just because of my pride. Just because of my pride. So do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. When circumstances come your way, gifts come your way, things come your way. And Julia, I, 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 I kind of, I've wrestled with this, but you know there's something, I, I just sense that God is going to start bringing stuff to you. Things, I don't just mean money, I, I mean bringing people to you, uh, bringing uh, resources to you, and sometimes you will not know what to do with them. Yeah, and I don't think God's saying you need to build a warehouse ready for these things. What I'm saying is, I think God is going to connect you with need and with resource. And as he connects you with need and resource, as you start to share it, you will find more and more that he will bring you things faster and faster because he knows that you're a safe pair of hands to pass things on and share them. Because you see need just not in the natural, but you see it in the supernatural too. And you can see need before it comes in other people's lives. And God will show you that. That's something we prayed last week. And I felt uh, we stood in the car park and prayed together. I remember that. And as we were praying, I, I just felt God say, OK, this isn't finished yet, Dave. And I just sense that part of what God's going to bring to you is a sense of, okay, this. sometimes you'll, you'll be aware of the need, and as you're aware of the need, God will then bring the thing that you, that you have to, to, to sort that need. And so be safe hands, because God really has enabled you and gifted you to be able to do these things. And so, Father, I just want to pause. I want to pause because I want to be thankful. I want to be thankful, Lord, for we've got good men and women in church, Lord, who will do what you call them to do. And, and uh, Juliet's just an example of that, Lord God. But Father, help us to be men and women who will carry what you want us to carry, give away what you want us to give away, to receive what you want us to receive. But Father God, it's only if we receive that we can give. Lord, when we run out of love, we need more love from you. Lord, when we need more faith, when we run out of faith, Lord, we'll ask of faith. Lord, and the other gifts too. Lord, when we need to speak and we run out of words, then Lord, give us a gift of tongues that we might speak forth utterances that will be unto heaven with the angels. 
and be glorified, we pray. Help us to be ambassadors, Lord God, even as we um, take the baton on from St John's of this building, Lord God. Father, help us to be ambassadors, Lord, with this resource that you're giving us. And help us, Lord, to share it, to use it to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. One Thessalonians five verse eleven says, "Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another in all that you are doing. Edify to lift up, to encourage." Paul also says, "Do not give up encouraging one another." And here's another question I'm going to bring as a challenge to you because I think it's so easy to encourage those who are in our teams and those who are in our families. What about encouraging a stranger? When was the last time you encouraged a stranger? Good job. Well done. Thank you. So I have an attitude of gratitude. Understand value. And have a heart full of praise. Praise for other people, but praise back unto God. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving to me. Thank you for sharing your life with me and your Holy Spirit to fill me. And so I come to this point where I believe that God wants to say, time to press, control, alt, delete. Time to press, control, alt, delete. And we only do that in times of panic. But you know, actually, an IT expert would tell you that actually it's good to reset sometimes. Because you never know what settings have been building up in your computer. And okay, when it all... The whole thing about, for those who are IT people in the room, you're recognising this. When your computer freezes, then that's the time you typically press control or delete. But actually, it would be far better to press control or delete once in a while. When you've done everything you need to do, reset your computer. Sometimes computers now are left on for days on end, weeks on end. And they've got all these things going on in the background that clog them up. You know, I think it's the same is true for us as believers, as Christians, as people. That actually sometimes our brains get clogged up with a lot of thoughts. And sometimes it's good to press control or delete and just restart the system. The system's going to work. God designed it to work. God designed you and me to work. Our bodies work. We won't stop breathing if we press control or delete. But I just sense that there's a time and a season where God is saying this is where we need to be thankful, where we need to see value and we need to give praise. If you're a sponge and you're full of orange juice, if somebody's, somebody's spilled orange juice all over your kitchen floor and you wipe it up with a sponge, then when you squeeze it out, what comes out? Orange juice. Orange juice. Okay. If it was wine on the floor and you wiped it up with a sponge and you squeezed it, what would come out would be red wine or white wine, whichever one you prefer. Yeah. If... And we soak stuff up. We do soak stuff up from the atmosphere around us, from the people we spend time with from the things that we do, the things that we watch, the things that we read, we soak stuff up. And sometimes it's good to squeeze ourselves out and just allow the fresh sponge to draw in what it is that God wants us to be filled up with. Because if we're filled up with love, then when we get squeezed, what comes out? Love. If we're filled up with hopelessness and we get squeezed, what comes out? Hopelessness. 
So that in this pressing of control, alt, delete, I'm also wanting to say, let's fill up with whatever we need to fill up with. So I'm kind of done. There it is. Choose thankfulness, C value, and then be an encourager. And so I want to be an encourager. You're behind the camera, uh, Yasmin, but I know it's your birthday. But I sense that God wants to say to you, write your birthday list and pray about it. And I don't think this is about gifts from Simon and stuff. I think, I think God says, write your birthday list for God. Write what you want to see happen. He really wants to have a conversation with you about your dreams and your, 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 the things you want to see happen in your world. I just sense there's a conversation with God saying, okay, it's your birthday today. Write it down. Talk to God about it. I just sense God, God. God's almost wanting to kind of enjoy the moment of giving you some things that you need, that you want, that he wants to give to you. So, Father, thank you that you're a good God and you love Yasmin and you love other people too. And, Lord, on any special day, whether it's a birthday or whether it's the first day that people meet with you or whether it's a day that we're just celebrating, that you're a good God. So, here's my challenge. Do you need to press Control or Delete? Do you need a reset? If you do, then wherever you are, whether you're listening online, listening later, in the room right now, would you stand? I'm making no assumptions about what that means to you. It might just be one little part of your system that needs a bit of rebooting. It might be all. I don't know. God knows. You know. You know why you're standing. But there's a place for a system reset. There's a place where you know, it's not that anything's wrong. Just, you just got stuck in certain ways. I've got stuck in certain ways too. I'm standing. I'm standing right now. And so, Lord, firstly, we want to look at ourselves and we want to understand, Lord, what it is about ourselves that is true as we stand today. And we can declare, we can say that we are valuable. We are valuable because you created us. It says that in Psalm 139. Lord, we're valuable because you then brought us back. You paid the price, Lord, through Christ Jesus who went to the cross. And you paid that price. We've been bought with a price. We have value in your eyes. Let alone in your people's eyes, Lord God. And so we have value. Father, help us to see the value around us, the value in others that you see. Lord, would you open our eyes, would you open our ears, and would you soften our hearts Lord, to see the value in others around us. Father, help us as a church, help us as a body of Christ, Lord, to see and utilise the gifts, Lord, that you have given us. Father, help us to respond to your word in those times and seasons as you move and bring people to us. Lord, help us to be willing to build and to be glorifying unto you. So we have value and we say thank you, Lord. But Lord, too, we want to be thankful you're a God who loves us. Not loved us, and not talking now about the price that Christ paid. A God who loves us today. You're paying a price for us today. You're giving to us today. You speak to us, and Lord, we want to give time to you. And so, Lord, because time with you is valuable, Father, help us to make time, make space, to listen, to talk, to read your word, to pray and to hear and to do what you call us to do. And Father, finally, 
Fill us up with your spirit. Lord God, that our hearts will be full and ready. Lord, the sponge that has become dry will become soaked again and filled with your Holy Spirit, with the oil of your Holy Spirit. And Lord God, if uh, Lord, maybe we got tainted or sucked up with some other things that aren't good for us. Lord, we allow you to squeeze them out right now. And Lord, we choose to be filled with the freshness of your presence and the empowering of your Holy Spirit and the truth of your word and the heartbeat of your love. So Lord, let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, my final scripture is my challenge to you, which is in Hebrews. Is that the last one, Simon? Yeah. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider, let us think about, let us draw upon how we can stir up love and good deeds amongst others. Not just ourselves, but amongst every one of us. And hopefully everybody is on a different measure somewhere from what God shared this morning. We're going to come back around worship this morning. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings. And I want to give space. So let's really worship God now. I just sense that as Philippa and Izzy led us this morning, we were touching heaven. Let's do some more touching heaven right now. Let's do some more touching. What should I say, Judith? Yeah. Yeah, come then. Come around. Okay. Christ is just touched me there. I saw I dreamt of on Friday night. Okay. You are saying those very words and more. Okay. And I'm, I'm just so grateful. Just a week. Okay. That you said them and some more. So. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Amen.